Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today on RegWatch. You two and the store you own are plaintiffs in this case, in the lawsuit against Nova Scotia's war on vaping. Bill, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about your shop and why you got involved in this lawsuit. Yeah, and thank you, uh, thank you, Brent. Uh, so our shop, we've been uh, established in uh, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia for about three years now. Um, we've had a, a great success uh, as a company, as a part of the community here. We had our chance to speak to the government. Uh, we went in, we sat in at the legislation, we had petitions, uh, I think nearly 10,000 uh, uh, names signed on either postcards or on actual petitions. Uh, the government listened to us and they took nothing away from that. Uh, they decided to uh, pass the motion to ban the flavors. Uh, and then they added the 20 milligram cap after the fact. And then after that, they uh, implemented the uh, 50 cents per milliliter tax, um, which as far as it goes, it's the most regulation you could have without actually banning vaping. So Ryan, let me ask you this. Would you agree with the statement that there is a war on vaping by the province of Nova Scotia? There's absolutely a war on vaping. Our industry tried, you know, to be heard. We tried to be involved in the regulations and stuff like that when they were being made. Uh, the government didn't want to hear anything from us. They kind of went ahead and made these regulations on their own uh, without our input. And, you know, in our opinion, went extremely overboard uh, with the regulations to the point where, you know, this is going to cause many, many people to go back to cigarettes simply because, you know, the, the taxes and stuff like that that have been implemented have, you know, probably doubled or tripled the cost for a vapor, um, you know, over cigarettes. Bill, you've been involved in advocacy around vaping for quite some time. I mean, how do you characterize the province's approach to this product and the consumers who use it? They, they like to pretend that we don't exist. Like they, they, it was, it was, uh, they turned a blind eye to us entirely. So gentlemen, if the province is not listening to you, I mean, what recourse then um, is there? I know that this lawsuit has been filed and we've been, we're talking about it today in the show. Could you fill us in a little bit about why you joined this lawsuit? We've tried every other avenue. Like, obviously we didn't want, we didn't want to do this. We didn't want to be here. Yeah. Um, we ultimately just wanted the province to work with us, with our industry to, you know, come to a uh, mutual agreement. Yeah, mutual agreement on, on regulations that were good for everybody. You know, that's all we're looking for. We never, we're not fighting for no regulations or we're not fighting for any of that. We just want what's fair. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of put us in this position where they've left us no choice. That's, that's why we're here. Tell us about the lawsuit. How did this get organized? How's it getting funded? Who are you working with to promote it? The lawsuit is being funded by uh, many different companies, people, um, shop owners, wholesalers right across Canada. Um, we, had a Go, we have a GoFundMe running. Um, that's raised about, I think the current GoFundMe is at about 107,000. Um, we had a small GoFundMe before that that raised 27 or so. So we're sitting in the 134 range uh, right now. 
Um, estimated legal costs for this are going to be around 200, possibly up to 250. We're not sure. It's just an estimation at this point. Um, so we still need to raise money. Um, that's, that's, that has to happen. Ultimately, whatever doesn't get raised is going to be on us and our company. And, you know, that would be the end of us if, if all this goes through and, and we fail and, you know, nothing else comes from any other sources. You know, our, our company will fold on the spot. We would have no choice. What kind of support have you received from the advocacy or organizations, VITA, Canadian Vaping Association, and so forth? CVA has been great. Yeah, CVA uh, has been really great. Daryl Tempest, uh, awesome guy. He's been, he's always been there, you know, organizing the rallies. Uh, and he's really helped us uh, with a lot of the legal jargon. Uh, he's been working one-on-one -on -one with the lawyers. Um, I can't say enough good things about the guy, really. They've obviously dealt with some of this stuff um, a few years ago in, in Quebec. Um, so they have a ton, a ton of experience with this. And they've helped us a lot by dealing with our lawyers and stuff like that as well. So, you know, all the, all the stuff that's going on in the background with the lawyers is is not just me and Bill. It's yeah. actually the CVA a lot more than than me and Bill. So and we, Sam and Taryn. Yeah, like just yeah. all of them. Jody, like they've just been really good. They've provided so much more uh, information, so many more tools and stuff like that for our lawyers and our legal team to fight this with that we wouldn't have had before. So, you know, I, I definitely would like to give a huge shout out to the CBA. Oh yeah, big time. You know, that's good be good to know because there was so much work that's gone on in Quebec and you know, we we're talking about Quebec a lot right now because of course there's an appeal and yeah. there's also all the precedents though that were set in yeah. Quebec that you yeah. know, hopefully are going to not have to reinvent the wheel in Nova Scotia. Yeah, and you know what? And that that's essentially what we're doing today too. Like this and and people across this country need to understand this we are attempting to set a precedence in Nova Scotia. If we can do that, PEI already has a flavor ban set for March 1st, if I'm correct. That's correct. Yeah. So if we can, if we can kill this in Nova Scotia, in, in the Nova Scotia court systems, we will set a precedence for the rest of the country as well. If we can beat this flavor ban here, um, this will, you know, this will be a huge tool for any other province that attempts to ban flavors. We're not just fighting for Nova Scotia here. We're fighting for, for Canada. So well, that is true. Dominoes fall. They tend to fall together and very quickly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That is um, correct. How does it make you feel to know that your provincial government is trying to kill you? <laughs> you know, it is a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> is it demoralizing? For one, it's is it demoralizing? De Two, is it putting you out of business? Well, it's super demoralizing on, on yeah. a few levels. A, you know, to see all these people that have you know, successfully gotten off combustible tobacco uh, using vaping. And we've, we have customers that, you know, some customers pick up a vape and, you know, three, four months later, they come back and, and they're, they've dropped their nicotine levels down significantly. And, you know, three, four months after that, they come back, they're on a zero and then they're quitting, yeah. you know, and it, it's, you know, that's success for us. And then on a business level, it, it's, definitely demoralizing you know we we built a great business here from scratch and bill how about you i mean disenchanted with the province uh, <laughs> it's a yeah it's a, it's a love-hate relationship um I, I i love this province i love the people i love the community that we're that we're in here 
Um, and uh, honestly, really everyone that we talk to kind of has this, it's a consensus that uh, uh, it's, it's poor decision making on the, on the side of the government that's, that's brought us to this position. Yeah, you'll, so. you'll hear a saying around here, and I've heard it multiple times from many different industries where people say, you know, Nova Scotia is closed for business. There's already not a lot going on here in this province in terms of jobs. So it, it's it's really difficult. Yeah. You know, this this province needs to try and save as many jobs as we can because people are just going to turn around and leave, not because they want to, because they have to. Let me ask you guys as we wrap here as a last question. I'll start with you, Ryan, and then Bill, I'll let you answer this. And are you going to win this thing? <laughs> Obviously, listen, we're all in at this point. We, we have no choice. So we need to take this as far as we can possibly go until, you know, we can't go anymore. We, ha we have to win this. You know, we don't, <laughs> there, there's no, uh, there's no other option at this point. So I, we are super confident. Um, our, our lawyers, you know, have looked at this. They're very convinced that we have a strong case. Um, we've had other lawyers look at it as well. Um, the ones that uh, that were involved in the Quebec case and stuff like that, and they also agree that we have a very strong case. Um, if we didn't have a very strong case, you know, we, we probably wouldn't be going after it. If we don't win this, uh, it really makes you question how many civil liberties and rights we have left as people. I mean, this is uh it's it's restricting access to harm reduction and as canadians we have a right to harm reduction so i really have faith that we'll win um but uh, i mean uh it's, yeah it, uh, it, we'll it, fe <laughs> it feels like it feels like we have to win just yeah, because yeah. we know that it's wrong you know yeah. and and because of that it feels like we have to win it, it just feels like you know well, if, if we, we didn't, <laughs> something is, is serious, seriously wrong with the system, with the system. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I, we, we just hope that the system works the way it should. And if that happens, we, we will win.